Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcasts. We're coming to you live on a Victory Monday, baby! Man, did the Browns look good yesterday. What a freaking game, baby. We have Victory Monday, my birthday today, and the last ever Indians game today that will be played in Cleveland Again, I'm Burley Gunner. This is the Burley Gunner Show. Thanks for listening on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network. What do we think about the Browns yesterday? The Browns had nine sacks. They beat up on the uh, Chicago Bills, whose offensive line is pretty putrid. But the Browns, nevertheless, had nine sacks. Four and a half alone from Miles Garrett. Franchise record. Hoo, hoo, hoo. So... When you think of what we've been te- what we've been alluding to, what I've been saying, you know, Browns with the winning record with Stefanski and Baker Mayfield combination together, yeah, you know what? Maybe it was just the Chicago Bears, and maybe the offensive line was pretty pretty bad. But you know what wasn't pretty bad? The defense. Their defense isn't very bad. Put up twenty six points. Put up twenty six points. Yeah, huh? Yeah, the Browns, baby. I didn't think they would score that much. I I predicted the score around twenty to six. So twenty six to six. I mean, we'll take that. I guess off by uh, six points. But hey, listen, I think that defense stepped up. I think that they played a hell of a game. And what do we talk about? You pull you you you. Do your job against the opponent that the National Football League, whoever makes the schedule, they line you up, they send you here to play this game at this location at this time, and you, your job is to win that game. The Browns won that game. They held Justin Fields to 68 passing yards, no TDs. Looks like Kevin Stefanski's not going to have any problem with rookies. No problem there. No issues. None. Baker Mayfield, not as efficient. Uh, Percentage is going to drop a little bit, but still 19 for 31. A touchdown, no picks. No picks for Bake. We're going to keep a stat on that. It's one week. One week. Through one first week, through one second week. That's one week, no picks. One week, no picks. I saw this guy go forever last year without throwing an interception. All right? Odell. Welcome back. Welcome back, baby. Odell caught five passes for 77 yards. 
Yes, sir. Say what you want about Odell. The guy's a winner. Say what you want about Jarvis Landry, who, who, two more weeks, two more weeks, who, who, two more weeks. Say what you want about Jarvis. Say what you want about Bake. Say what you want about Miles. They're winners, baby. And Bake, that guy's a winner. That guy's a freaking winner. All right? He's won everywhere. Everywhere he's been. High school, Norman, Cleveland. Guy's a winner. The guy is a winner. The Browns look great, and the defense look great. The Browns... Uh, or the Bears O-line is awful, like we mentioned. But, like we also mentioned, you get the game, you win the game, that's the goal, that's your job. No complaints here. And there was at no point in that game where I thought Cleveland was going to lose. In fact, on the first drive, when the when the Browns went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it, I immediately knew this game is in the bag. Kevin Stefanski is being aggressive. Kevin Stefanski knows that he will be in this spot again for more points. We will go for the touchdown kill right now. We will try to go up 7-0, and they did it again. They didn't get it either time, I will say that. I will say that. They didn't get it either time. But the aggressiveness, the the poise of Baker Mayfield in Kevin Stefanski's um, aggression, playing aggressive football, is just something that we are not accustomed to seeing here in the city of Cleveland. It's Victory Monday. Two weeks in a row. Get used to it. Get used to it. Last year was no fluke. Last year was no fluke. I hope you figured out all your... your um, traditions for victory monday i don't even really have one I, I like to wear the browns hoodie that's what i like to do i like to wear the cleveland browns hoodie for victory monday i need to come up with my own tradition because man oh man it seems to me that we're gonna get a whole hell of a lot more of these victory mondays and they are very very sweet all right let's talk about Let's talk about something else. <laughs> you know who's not celebrating Victory Monday? My homie and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. They are actually celebrating their second loss in a row. First time ever done in the month of September between the duo of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We've talked about this. All right, we talked about this. Chargers beat the Chiefs 30-24. to We've, We talked about this, all right? I said last week, the Chargers beat the Chiefs. This was inevitable. That this was a complete, total mismatch. Mahomey was held to 260 yards. The Chargers picked him off twice. Last week, we said that the Chargers were, through two weeks, had given up the fourth fewest passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense relies on passing the ball. And the Chargers shut them down so so easily that the Chiefs even ran the ball with Clyde Edwards-Elair for 100 yards. And they still couldn't beat L.A. They still couldn't do it. 
Mahomes had the ball in his hands in, in the last two minutes of the ball game. Couldn't do it. They could not get it done. Why? Because it's literally Mahomes. It's literally Mahomes out there with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And the Chargers defense is no, is no joke. Chargers defense, no joke. So when you're talking about getting after the quarterback, defensive line was, was out, uh, outperforming the offensive line for Kansas City. This was inevitable. The Chargers are the better team. They are just simply better than the Chiefs. All right? Not saying Herbert's better than Mahomey. He could be close. He outplayed him yesterday. Had more yards. Had more touchdowns. Less picks. But, you, you know, it's more than that. It is, it's deeper than that with Kansas City. We've talked about this for the, for the first two weeks of the NFL season. The Chiefs have now given up 1,290 yards in three games. That's 430 yards a game. This is the worst defense in the Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid era. This is the worst team in the Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid era coming off a Super Bowl loss, okay? The Browns, not the, okay, the Browns are the fourth best defense yards given up, only 746. The Chiefs have given up 1,290 yards. The Browns have given up 746 yards. They will be third after tonight's game with Philadelphia because Philly is ahead of Cleveland on that mar- uh, on that ranking. The the Browns are third best yards given up, only 746. This isn't an attack on Mahomes. This is this 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 is an attack on the Chiefs. I like Mahomes. I think the guy's incredible. I I was I was I was honestly when he got the ball back with with two minutes to go, you know, I looked over at my brother. I said, oh, here comes the kick flip. Here comes the kick flip. You know, eating ice cream on the skateboard. Brewing a cup of coffee. 360. Out the convertible. Heave it down the field to Tyreek Hill. I was looking for it. I thought it was going to happen. And I thought that the conversation that we were going to have was a lot what we just talked about. And I was going to say, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and does king things and beat the Chargers. That's what I honestly thought when I saw Mahomes get the ball back with two minutes. But as the drive was going and going, I said, you know, this is is, is tough. This is a tough spot. I don't think he's going to get it done. He didn't get it done. Chargers got it done. Chargers won the game. Chargers went down and won the ball game, led out by Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, game-winning drive. Went down the field, beat Patrick Mahomes. This is his second season in the NFL, okay? Remember when I said Justin Herbert to win the MVP? Remember I said that, that, wasn't, a, that, wasn't, a, that wasn't such a bad idea? Justin Herbert could win the MVP. Justin Herbert played better than Patrick Mahomes. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs' defense, that is the main question. That is what everyone should be talking about. 
The offense managed to, I mean, that's a, I said they don't have a run game. They managed to get 100 yards on the ground from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They have Tyreek, they have Kelsey, and they have Mahomey. But the defense, <laughs> that is not, like Baltimore, that is not a Super Bowl defense. That is not an AFC champion defense, okay? That is 1,290 yards given up versus 746 yards given up. Not a Super Bowl defense. And a lot of questions this morning in Kansas City. You want to know, you want to know who else is uh, in trouble waking up this morning? A lot of questions. A lot, a lot, a lot going through the air. But let's be honest with ourselves. What I'm about to talk about, these questions have been going on for some time. About five years plus. Okay? You know who I'm talking about. The Steelers. Pittsburgh's done. All right, Pittsburgh is done. We predict this before the season. We said the Steelers would go as far as Ben's body takes them. Guess what? It's week three, and they are one and two. Oh, and one in the division. Oh, and two at home. Ben is hurt. Now Juju is hurt. TJ Watt is hurt. Najee has yet to rush for a touchdown, yet to rush for 100 yards. And Big Ben is still asked to throw the damn ball 60 times yesterday. 58. Ben threw the ball 58 times yesterday. They have no O-line. No offensive line. None. The offensive line is bad, man. Bad. The Bengals were getting all over Ben yesterday. The Bengals had they had four sacks on Ben yesterday. Four. The Bengals. Ben was knocked on his ass seven times. Seven. Seven quarterback hits. Seven. He was running more than Najee was. Ben Ben Roethlisberger was running more than Najee Harris was yesterday. And Ben hasn't looked slower ever in his career. (laughs) His arm looks bad. He looks like a 50-year-old man throwing the football. I'm not being an asshole. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you exactly how I see it. To be honest with you, yeah, I do love it. Because you know what, Pittsburgh? You know what? I've had to listen to your crap for 20 years. I've taken it. Why? Because it was warranted. You kicked us. You kicked our ass. And then you kicked us. You kicked me when we were down. Damn it. I have to be the voice behind this. I will. This rivalry, so be it. I will. I'll be the voice behind it. I don't care. You don't have to like me, Pittsburgh. I don't care. But it's about damn time that Stiller Nation opens up their damn eyes because it hasn't been the same in five years plus. It is not easy. And the Steelers haven't been there in a long time. Green Bay was the last Super Bowl. I was in high school, okay? At the at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, 
enshrinement ceremony, night number one, on a beautiful Saturday evening, I was there. And I got to witness some great Steeler Hall of Famers get inducted. Much respect inducted to the Hall of Fame. Troy Palomalu. Hell of a speech. Hell of a show. But I said that night, this was no coincidence that this was happening tonight. Because this is the celebration of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And damn it, it's come to an end. It is rebuild time. You need a new quarterback. You need a new defense. You need a new left tackle, a new guard, center, right guard, and right tackle. And by the time you fix all that, your superstar running back, Najee Harris, is going to be on his third, fourth year, and we know how the Steelers are when it comes to the running backs in their third and fourth year. They don't resign them. So there's a lot that has to be done in Pittsburgh. A ton, okay? Does it feel good? Yeah, maybe. Maybe as a, fan, maybe as a Browns fan, yeah, it feels good. But I'm not coming on here as a Browns fan. I'm coming on here as Burley Gunner. And I'm telling you exactly the way I see it. And this is exactly the way I see it. Welcome to Suckville, Pittsburgh. It's not fun at all. We're about to to bring on um, Dr. Dog, Jake, my brother, here shortly. I'm sure he would like to comment on what I just said, but tonight, the, actually, you know what? Let's skip ahead. I'm going to skip ahead. (laughs) How about that damn Aaron Rodgers, man? I mean, if you know, if you know, then you know. I'm a little hurt by that. What that guy did last night with 37 seconds left. But listen, 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 listen. My personal thoughts aside, How about that damn Aaron Rodgers, man? Listen, with 37 seconds left in the game, San Francisco took a one-point lead, and the Packers didn't have a single timeout. The first play, Aaron Rodgers hit Devontae Adams for 25 yards. They're right at midfield at the logo, and I said to myself, well... Either Aaron Rodgers is going to win this game or Mason Crosby is going to lose this game. They ran three plays. They were in field goal position. Game over. See you later. Bye-bye, Jimmy G. Good night, Santa Clara. Mason Crosby comes in, nails the kick, and Green Bay goes off into the sunset. But here's what what I want to talk about, okay? And I, I'm actually, I will take a loss on this. Because before the game, I texted one of the four chubs. I said, actually, all the four chubs. I texted all the four chubs. And I said, Kyle Shanahan is going to outcoach Matt LaFleur. I sent that text when the, when the 49ers had the 17-0 lead. I said, Kyle Shanahan is going to outcoach Matt LaFleur. Okay? I'll take the L on that. Here's why I'll take the L on that. 
Because I think Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G lost the game. I can't pin it all on Kyle Shanahan because Jimmy G is the quarterback out on the field. But Kyle Shanahan needs to be telling Jimmy G, um, don't give Aaron Rodgers the ball back, please. I'm not saying, I'm not, nothing against Juszczyk, okay? Juszczyk scored the touchdown and a lot of people are saying, oh, you should have went down at the one. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you're down, okay, in a situation like that, this isn't Nick Chubb running out, at, you know, at the one-yard line. This, that's not what this is. This is a, a, a touchdown. You're one yard away. You need to get this touchdown if you are in that situation. But rewind 10 seconds before check even catches the ball. Why is Jimmy snapping the ball so early? Why? There were 10 seconds left on the play clock. When Jimmy G snapped the football, time was moving. That's 10 seconds too long, my guy. I'm sorry. You had three timeouts and were inside the 15-yard line. Time was ticking around 45 seconds when the ball was snapped. Okay? You could have taken the play down to thirty, roughly 35 seconds, snapped the ball. The play was about seven, eight seconds long. Aaron Rodgers could have got the ball back with less than 30 seconds. That was huge. That was, that was huge time mismanagement by the, the 49ers. I'm putting the blame on Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G. I have to. Okay. What's the rush? You have to leave no time. That's Aaron freaking Rodgers standing on the other side of the field. He just won the MVP. And you you only had room for three to four plays. That doesn't take 40 seconds from the 12. You have to take the play clock down and make sure Aaron has no time. I can't be mad at yous because you can't deny yourself points. But had Jimmy G just waited 10 more seconds to snap the ball. I mean, we you have to limit Aaron's time on the field because you know he's going to give you something. And he made it look easy. All right. Damn, I mean, that crushed me. It crushed me. It crushed, it crushed Niner Nation. I, 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 you know what else? I, I'm ready to see Trey Lance. I get it. I think it's the, I think it is the, the right decision in the uh, situation that he's in to play him next season, have him get a whole year's, uh, uh, Reps on the sideline. I love what he's doing on the sideline. They, he is so involved, Trey Lance. He is so involved with the offensive coordinator. He sits on the sideline with the offensive coordinator and like rehearses the plays, calls the plays, mock calls the plays on the side. It's like, go watch. It's, it's something to see. You know what I mean? Not, not everybody does that. And that's cool. I like Trey Lance. I think, you know what, maybe... Maybe if if the Niners if the Niners slip up here they are two and one okay I'm not I'm not throwing in the flag on the Niners.
But I'm questioning if Jimmy G's the guy. He made a lot of poor throws. He missed a lot of throws in that game, okay? If if the 49ers continue this trend and don't get back on the winning track, okay, then then, then I would turn it back. I would turn it over to Trey Lance this season. If if Jimmy G cannot be, you know, a, above average and lead this team, because like we talked about, Jimmy G, Jimmy G has the has the bumpers up on the uh, on on the gutters when at the bowling alley. Forty Nine ers have the bumpers up. Okay, all you have to do is, is is roll the ball down the lane. You will knock some pins over. Okay. You will get some victories. There are no there are no gutters. If you somehow, some way manage to with 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 the bumpers up, roll your ball down, we'll give you we'll give you a six pounder. If you happen to manage to roll the ball down the lane with the bumpers up and still knock down still not knock down one pin, I'm sorry, but your time's up with me. I really like what I see with Trey Lance on the sideline. I really liked what I saw in the preseason. And hell, when he plays on, when he plays, he's money. When he comes into the game, he's money. All right, he's just money. You know who 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 else is is uh, money? Fernando Tatis Jr. That guy is money, but he's gonna miss the playoffs. Yeah. The San Diego Padres have been eliminated from playoff contention over the weekend. Um, it, it's it's not that I was wrong about San Diego, okay? It's the fact that it took me until mid-September to finally accept this because I was just waiting and waiting and trying to find the the answers and I couldn't see the Padres missing the postseason, but they're going to. Uh, they won't be there this year. Listen, the Padres lineup loaded. It is loaded. In my opinion, I don't see a hole across the, the whole entire lineup. Not one hole. First base, second base, third base. Hell, they added Adam Frazier, and when they got him, he led the National League in hits. So there is there's there's nothing nothing against the lineup. All across the board. First base, second base, shortstop, third base, outfield, catcher, all of that. Great. Okay. The pitching rotation isn't as good as I thought, okay? But when healthy, I believe it's still a top rotation in the National League. What happened with San Diego is the pitching staff dealt with injuries all season long. Um, They couldn't get into a rhythm to save their lives, all right, after all these injuries. At one point in the season, the San Diego Padres bullpen had the lowest ERA, lowest bullpen ERA in the, in the whole league, in the whole league, the whole MLB. That was around All-Star break. It was the only ERA under three. Um, if I remember, remember correctly, it was 2.91. It was under three, the only one in the MLB, okay? But when you ask your relievers to start every other game, it's taxing on the bullpen. And the Padres couldn't pitch their way out of anything, okay? And the bats just went cold. So a very bad recipe when you mix that with a, a half of your games are against playoff teams. In the Actually, more than half of your, t- your games in the month of September are against playoff teams or playoff contending teams. All right. I expect an aggressive offseason in San Diego, and I expect San Diego to be a heavy favorite for myself going into next season. I don't think that they're going anywhere. They, they, they Tatis, Frazier now, uh, uh, Machado. 
I like Musgrove. Clevenger's going to come back next year. I do like Snell. I think that the bullpen is solid. They, they just need to get healthy. They need to find a rhythm, and they just they'll, they'll be back. Um, I think the Friars, Padres, they'll be in the postseason next season. You can already write that in for me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the offseason. They're definitely going to have to be aggressive and make some uh, moves, make some additions. How about tonight? Let's talk about tonight before we bring uh, Jake on in here. Actually, you ready? You ready now? You ready now? I'm actually going to be joined right now in the studio on the Burley Gunner Show, uh, Cleveland Sports Fan Network, ClevelandSportsFan.com. Welcome, my brother, Doctor Dog, on the Book of Sports app. Jake, welcome. Happy Victory Monday, by the way. Yeah, it's always a great Victory Monday. Uh, have you mentioned yet today that it is? Uh, it's your birthday. Uh, yeah, I did actually. It's my birthday. Happy birthday. No, 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 we're, we're... Day two. No, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 we got it, we got it, we got it. Oh, yeah. Dog It's Victory Monday, baby. Jake, how are we feeling here? It is my birthday. It is my birthday. Thanks for joining me. Um, we're going to have a hell of a day. Uh, Indians game. We're going to talk about that coming up. Um... But tonight, listen, listen, tonight the Philadelphia Eagles are going to head to Jerry's world for an NFC matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, all right? What does tonight mean? What does tonight mean? Let me tell you, Jake, let me tell you. Considering Washington's defense has given up the second most yards in the league, and not to mention they've given up 30 points a game through three weeks, uh, and the offense barely scoring 20 points a game, and they're barely getting 300 yards a game on offense, uh, after seeing what Washington uh, did yesterday, getting scorched by Buffalo, I think this is a perfect spot tonight, Jake, for the Philadelphia Eagles to make uh, a statement tonight in that division against the Cowboys in Jerry's world. What do you think? Also, can we just comment on the fact that my birthday, the NFL, gives me the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles? Is that a, is that a joke? Is that some sort of a joke? I think it's pretty ironic. Um, the game tonight, yeah, I see what you're saying about the Eagles. They need this. The the only other contender in the league, uh, yeah, got got scorched this weekend. Um, I don't think Philadelphia has what it takes to, to beat Dallas, especially in Jerry's world. Um, the defense is going to have to perform and uh, shut Dak down and that uh, Dallas Cowboy offense down, but I, I just think it's too much to ask. So I, I think tonight is a huge game for the Eagles for a few reasons, a, a couple reasons. A win tonight would put the Eagles in sole possession of first place in that division, okay, which could be um, back and forth all all year long. But tonight's a huge game for Philly because the next three games are against the pissed off Chiefs, okay, the Carolina Panthers, who have had uh, the best de- one of the best defenses in the NFL, and then they play Tampa Bay. So within three weeks, they get. Uh, the two Super Bowl teams from last season, and they get the 3-0 Panthers. Not to mention, uh, the the very next game is against 3-0 Las Vegas. Okay? Like, that's not... that this is, That's not easy. This is an important game for Philadelphia. The Dallas Cowboys' next three games are much more doable. They go. They do go to Carolina next, uh, but but they, they get them at home. Right? So, like... They they do get the same opponent, Carolina, but they don't get the Chiefs and the Bucks. 
No, 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 no. They, they, then they play New York, the Giants. Not that it matters. But they play New York next. Actually, that would matter because that would be an interdivision, interdivision thing, right? So, so that would matter, right? Um, do, how do you, what do you think about New York? Like, are they, they're not contenders at all, right? No, neither New York team is a contender nowadays in the NFL. Like, either New York. That's why I say, like, it doesn't matter. When, when I say they're playing New York, it, it, I don't need to say Giants or Jets, okay? Uh, followed by New England with a rookie quarterback. So, these two teams won't play again until the final season, or the final uh, game of the season. The, the last game. So, this is a great opportunity for Dallas to create separation from Philly. Who do you think wins this division? I think it's an easy decision. I think Dallas comes back with 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 Dak coming back from injury. I think it's just a great spot for Dallas to uh, what I thought would handle the division pretty pretty well. But uh, uh, the first three weeks, well, two for them coming up on week three for the Dallas Cowboys. It's not looking too not looking too high. I'll tell you what, uh, they need to perform. The offense needs to get going. The defense needs to shut uh, shut teams down, and they need to roll from here. This is a big game for them. And you know what I think? I think that if I think if Philly wins this game, or excuse me, if Dallas wins this game, they I think will of course still be in in the driver's seat, considering the next three games that I just mentioned for Philadelphia. Okay, but if Philly wins this game, I still don't think that I come on the show tomorrow and say that, oh, yeah, I'm putting Philadelphia to win this division. I still think it's going to be Dallas. I still think that it's going to be Dallas. And and, and, in my opinion, the most pressure is on the Eagles in this game to avoid the separation, in my opinion. That's that's how I see it. Because if Philly loses this game, there is – there is going to be massive separation come middle of the season, and they don't they, they don't get to, to play the Cowboys until the last game of the season. So that game could possibly mean absolutely nothing for the Eagles. What about okay? We talked about the we talked about the Browns. Um, what how, how did you think they looked yesterday against the Bears? I thought they looked great. The the defense had nine sacks. Miles Garrett franchise record four and a half. I think this victory was was extra special. Uh, yeah, we rolled the Bears. What what what? They had like what sixty total yards of offense, fifty total yards of offense. We shut them down defensively. Uh, like you said, Miles Garrett four and a half sacks, absolutely incredible. Um, but this this win was extra special because uh, the Stillers, as you mentioned earlier in the show, they uh, they didn't just lose this weekend to uh, to a to a good contending team. They 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 lost to the Bengals. That's not good. Burley's been trying to tell you this page is turned, and after this week, that thought has got to be running through your head. Pittsburgh is crumbling, and sooner than I thought. But yeah, this week is extra special. Uh, win for the Browns, back to back, two to one or two and one, and uh, Pittsburgh falls to one and two at the bottom of the division. Feels great. What a show today! Thanks for joining me, Jake. Um, listen, Victory Monday, my birthday. But here, here's here's the thing. One more thing before we go. Great show today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, on my birthday once again. But one more thing. The Cleveland Indians, my team, my first love, my childhood heroes, Jim Tomey, Travis Hafner, you know, Cliff Lee, Manny Ramirez, Omar Vizquel, all of them. The Cleveland Indians 
will be playing their last ever game at home in Cleveland at the Jake Progressive Field today. And we will be there. This will be actually my kids' first Indians game. And it will also be my last. And it breaks my heart to see the end of an era that was special to me. But I'm headed to Cleveland today and we are going to root one final time for the tribe. On the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcast. Thanks for listening. Burley Gunner Show. And go Indians.